I'm Sarah Myerskoff, and this is the Insurance Brokers Podcast, where we're talking to the personalities and the businesses that sit behind our industry. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe on your chosen podcast streaming platform. Good morning, Brad. Thank you very much for joining me again. This is the second time on the Insurance Brokers Podcast. It's great to have you here. Thanks for the invite, Sarah. Always great talking to you. So I'm quite excited about this podcast because the topic is cyber resilience, but you're talking about it in a slightly different way. So I'm going to call this episode Left of Bang. Can you explain to me what the hell that is? Yes, absolutely. It was, it's, it's a term that was really coined by the military, I think, in the Iraq war. And it's about being prepared and able to protect yourself before the attack happens. So be aware of your surroundings, be aware, have a situational awareness and make sure that you've taken all the steps because the last thing you want to happen is an attack to take place and you're not prepared. And then you have to launch into a survival mode and scramble to get everything sorted out. And you suddenly realize I didn't do the basics. So it's that situational awareness. And when it comes to cyber, it's really around resilience. So there's a lot of terms around cyber about being aware, you know, secure and all that type of thing. But just being resilient and following the steps that can help you be resilient is so, so important. I think there's a lot of jargon and a lot of misunderstanding um, and fear and lack of knowledge, particularly for SMEs around cyber. And I think that's sometimes a blocker. How, how, do, you, how do you support that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the, the typical human trait is if in doubt, we do nothing. So you have the SMEs, and this applies to enterprise as well. We deal with a lot of enterprise clients who are brought to us by insurance brokers, and they say, assess them for the risk that we have to take to an underwriter or an insurer for cyber insurance. And then we found straight away that they launch into, or the client rather, launches into a whole technical approach that could be dealt with in a lot simpler way if they just follow these 10 steps that we talk about in our blog. So the first thing that, that we always say, and it's, it's risk management. So look at your risk, understand what it is, and get a baseline. And that could be anything. That can be from a one-man operation, one-woman operation, to a thousand-user-type operation. The steps are still the same. Do your risk assessment, and we use a standard, and there's various standards out there like NIST and CIS and so on. We need to have an applicability of risk management within the organization. And that applicability means you pick a standard, you do your risk management assessment, and then you build an action plan to prepare yourself being left of bang prepare that action plan to address them. And the starting point, once you've done that, is your engagement and training with your end users. They're your weakest link. And 
if you had all the money in the world, you would have someone standing behind every single user saying, don't push that button. Don't answer that email. Now, that's just not, that's not feasible, right? You know, your ROR on that is, is kind of dramatic. So you need to build a security strategy that works for the organization. And whether that's a small organization or last one, a large one, you need to have that strategy based on your risk assessment that says, this is what our users need to be aware of. Because once you make them aware of the challenges that could come their way, they're far better equipped to deal with it. And that could be anything. Could be, you know, email, which is the, the favorite attack vector for, for anyone. And that could be not even a, a cyber attack. It's just someone trying to score a bit of money quickly and sends an email to someone and say, please do this. And, and the person clicks on the link. They've been told not to click on the link. But because the cyber attacks are so clever and mail impersonation is so easy, if certain technology is not applied, you can get an email from, well, you won't get it from myself because we put the protection in, but you get an email from a trusted brand. And I can tell you there are many, many out there that looks completely legitimate. There's no funny email address or whatever the case is. So your users need to be trained to look for those types of things. So that's that engagement and training part. Then your asset management. Do you know what you've got out there? So in Boston Palace, you've got a few users, you've got laptops, you've got desktops, you've got printers, you've got, you've got an internet connection and that type of thing. Are you aware of those things and are they, are they listed? And are they managed? So it's a simple asset management um, solution. And then the design of your systems. You know, do you use um, Dropbox? Do you use OneDrive? How is that set up to make sure that, once again, your users are aware of what they need to use and that the construction of that setup is done correctly? And once again, whether it's a far person, thousand person, the same rules apply. You need to understand that architecture. Then something that is so key, but sometimes is seemed out of reach for so many businesses is vulnerability management. And by vulnerability management, I mean having a look at the level and the um, condition that your software is in. So if you're using Adobe, you're using Microsoft or any one of those common software uh, packages that are out there, have they been updated? Are they at the latest version? And that's always a, a bone of contention because the user's going, I don't want to continually update my software. It, it gives me downtime. It, it means I've got to stop doing what I'm doing. I've got to, I don't know if I'm doing it correctly. So they just leave it. Now, by leaving it, it builds up over time. And the larger your organization, obviously, the more crucial it is because there's many instances of that happening. But if you're not aware of what status your software is in by doing vulnerability management, you're not going to know what to what to rectify. You're not going to know what to remediate.
So that's a very important factor. And as I said, the larger the organization, the more important it is to do vulnerability management. So from your vulnerability management, you're going to have an identity and access management issue as well. Because now who gets access to what system? Do you, does everyone have access to Dropbox? Has everyone got access to OneDrive? Has everyone got access to the documents, the crucial documents, the critical documents? Should they be aware of it? You know, should, should they be able to download certain critical documents and share them? What, what rights do they have? So once again, you've got that identity control that says, I'm Sarah, I'm the CEO of this business, I need to have these rights. I'm Brad, I, I do the, the logistics and therefore I only need to have these rights. Those need to be measured and they need to be put in place. Once again, it's fairly simplistic. And all the things that I'm telling you are not overcomplicated that they can't be attended to, but you'll typically find that when your head is in the business and doing your day-to-day -day work and your RT support people are doing the same thing, you typically don't stand back and go, what is this? Should I be looking at it and should I be paying attention to it? Because there's, there's fires to be put out, right? There's a printer not working. There's a screen not working. Someone doesn't, doesn't um, know how to do something. So you're running around doing that and you don't pay attention to these, these points that I'm talking about. Let me get on to data security. And I was talking about, once again, having access. Who has got access to your data and what do you do with it? Do you encrypt it? Do you keep it in a separate repository? Do you keep it off-site? Do you back it up? What do you do with your data? Because your data is so important to your business. And if it is stolen and shared, that's the last thing you want to happen. So data management, as I said, in terms of backup, disaster recovery and restoring it, if you happen to go right of bang and you need to then bring your data back, well, are you ready for that? Have you prepared it and have you tested it? So once again, it's all those factors being left a bang at all times. And this is not putting fear into people. It's purely saying, just be ready for this. And it may, may never happen. You know, it's that kind of thing, well, I'm going to prepare for something. And if it doesn't happen, well, that's good, isn't it? So, I, you know, who cares if it happens or not? But let's be ready for it. That's the most important thing. You know, we've got logging and, and monitoring of, of events that, that take place within, within the business. Once again, measure who's been logging on to what, and then you can identify if you're getting strange logins from, from outside the organization. Very important part of what you need to do. And then your incident manage, management. So we're getting to a point now where we're going, we've had an attack, we now write a bang, what do we do and what is our plan? Is it documented? The controls that are put in place, the standards like CIS and NIST and so on, are saying you need to have an incident res response plan. And that, that would be, that once again, that's normality, isn't it? So if something happens and your, your kid gets hurt at school, what's the plan to recover 
your child from school? What do the teachers do? What you know? What what does school do? There has to be a plan, even if it's it's written down on the back of a of a of a notepad or a cigarette box. There has to be a plan, and if you've got that plan, once again, you're now prepared, and that's the crucial part of it. Do you know what I quite like from what you've just said? So I've just made a few notes as you've been talking. So if you talk to me about cyber resilience, I would automatically think about incident management and I would probably think about data security. It would not occur to me to list what printers we have and, you know, what assets we have. That would not occur to me. And perhaps some some bits and pieces around the vulnerability and identity and identity and access would not occur to me. So I quite like this 10 step, very simple, logical kind of platform. And you mentioned earlier there was a blog. So if you can send me the link, I'll make sure I'll put your blog in the show notes because I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by this. Yeah, I've done that. I've sent you the share in the, in the, in the chat because I think it's so important to detect the conversations that needs to happen in this space. You know, the work we're doing with the insurance brokers, when they go to a client, they're sitting in a situation where they don't really want to understand the tech. The client at the same time, the board, for example, if you go to a board of directors of a company, you certainly will lose them within 10 seconds if you start talking about the technology that's required to fix these problems. That's not their concern. What they do need to be concerned about is and aware is that these are factors that need to be raised. Questions need to be asked. Are we looking at this? Once you know that you're looking at it, that's the why, then the how can take place and the, and the remediation can take place. Then when you go to your insurer and you go, right, I need cyber insurance, which is always advised because there is going to be a right of bank situation that you're going to need. You're going to need some funds to help you with. The insurer is going to ask, have you done this? So if you can be prepared for those questions or you can be proactive and submit your cyber risk assessment ahead of time, the insurer is now saying, well, this client's really taking notice of what could potentially go wrong in their business. They understand the questions and they've answered them for themselves. They haven't had someone else coming along and saying, have you done this? And that, that changes, I believe it changes the focus mm. and it changes the, the, the direction of where your activity lies. So you become, you, you, you're proactive in what you're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit about what you guys do, because I know um, the sort of, I don't know if I'm going to get the name right, but the cyber resilience package that you work with uh, brokers and insurers on. I know you have this 10-step plan. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so as I mentioned, Sarah, what, what we do is, is brokers take us to their clients who are going to have need, rather, their cyber insurance renewed or they need a new policy whatever the case is. And the broker needs to have comfort in the fact that when he's taking the client's um, request to an insurer, that he's doing it on a positive basis. So he's not taking the, the client, as, as, as I would say, like a lamb to slaughter and saying, right, there's the client. 
ensure I have a go at them and ask them all the right questions that you want to ask. And the client, the client says, well, I'm not prepared for this because I don't know what I don't know. And I haven't, I don't know if I've followed all these steps. So the insurer comes along and says, right, here's our questionnaire. The client then answers the questionnaire and possibly passes well or fails miserably because they haven't thought, as you mentioned, about certain of these items, which are not always top of mind. So what our, what our brokers are doing is utilizing us to do that upfront cyber risk assessment, which we do as a service. We give them a comprehensive report in uh, collaboration with the client, obviously, because a lot of the input comes from the client. But we're doing it on, on and, and it's done on a gap analysis basis. So we look at, have you done it or haven't you done it? From that, we can ascertain, if they haven't done it, what is their plan to have it done? And they can be simple things of, yes, I understand this. I know I need to have it, but we haven't had the time. But it's on our roadmap and here's our plan. So they proactively thought about it. Once we've completed that, as I said, they get a full report, which gives them the status and the cybersecurity posture of that particular client. Then allows the broker to approach the insurer of his choice positively and proactively and saying, I've got a client who's done everything possible at this stage based on the size of the business that makes him cyber resilient. I think that sounds like uh, an incredible piece of uh, information to have. Are you happy if I put your contact details in the show notes so anybody listening who might want to talk to you about your cyber resilience package can, can get in touch? Sure thing. Um, I'm always available for a chat. You know, I like talking. <laughs> um, and really, I, I don't mind offering advice that may not culminate in you know, us actually doing a service. But I, I, I just feel, and this is something I've been passionate about for years now, is that we need to make the internet and our whole way of communicating over the internet safer. And there's some basic, basic steps. The police have got a number of regional cyber resilience centers and InfoProtect is, a, is a, an affiliate member of the, the West Midlands um, Cyber Resilience Center. And they're doing amazing work. They do it for free. And they offer all this advice that SMEs can just tap into without having to pay anything. And we also feed them a, a whole lot of information around just getting the basics right. So it's, it's not that complicated and it's made Unfortunately, there's a lot of um, people out there that are using fear and they're using jargon and they're using buzzwords and they're saying, you know, you, you're always going to be right at bang. You're always going to be in trouble and the world's going to fall on your head. Well, follow the basics. Get your layers right, as I mentioned in the, um, in the, in the podcast now. Go through those and you're going to be much better off 
than, than people that haven't. You're going to be left of bang. Left of bang. I'm going to use that left of bang as a life philosophy. I'm going, to, I'm going to drill it into my children. It's going to be fabulous. I'm really grateful for your time, Brad. I think that was really informative. I will make sure your contact details and the blog are in the show notes. So if your interest has been piqued by what Brad has got to say, you can do a little bit of reading around the subject and get in contact if you so desire. Thank you very much for your time, Brad. Sarah, always good chatting to you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Brokers Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to subscribe on your chosen podcast streaming platform and check us out on YouTube.